Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the very, very, very first edition of WOW. WOW stands for Women of Wrestling. This is an extension of my podcast that I've been wanting to do for quite a while. Anyone who knows me knows that I am a very, very, very big fan and huge advocate for women's wrestling. I've always wanted women to have the same opportunities, have the same standing in the company as men, I wanted always wanted women to get the same recognition because they fight so hard and they kind of have like a glass ceiling because, you know, women always view, I'm sorry, the, um, the audience always viewed women as somewhat as the bathroom break or, you know, oh, well, it's just a little filler match. But now it's amazing to see the women getting the main event slots, getting Hell in a Cell matches, getting, you know, high-profile spots on the card, specifically for the hard work that they put in, the amazing displays they put on in the ring, and I think it's just amazing to see women finally getting that spotlight. So my podcast, what I really want to do on this show, is really just look at the women in WWE's women division, analyze, you know, the characters, the storylines, the matches, etc. And just kind of take it from there. So from the very for the very first episode, I'm just gonna pretty much do like an analysis of both rosters and the um the wrestlers that are on the rosters and kind of what I think. Um so of course, you know, naturally we'll start off with Raw and we will start off with the Raw Women's Champion, Alexa Bliss. I think Bliss is incredible. I Personally, I always say Bliss, to me, is a mini Trish Stratus. Um, When Trish first started, she wasn't the best in the ring, but what made her so compelling and what helped her get better and what got the fans invested in her was her character work. And Trish was always great on the mic. And Bliss has always delivered on the mic. That is probably one of her strongest suits. I would probably have to say of all the women on both rosters, Bliss is probably the best talker. Um, In the ring, she's still growing. She's still developing. Unlike many of the other women's champions that we've had on Raw and SmackDown, Bliss wasn't an NXT women's champion. So she didn't necessarily have the same learning curve as everyone else you know for her she kind of got fast-tracked to the main roster in a sense but she took advantage of the spots that she's been given i especially love how creative books her matches and lays them out because when she wins her wins aren't dominant and I think that's great because as a woman who's five feet tall, it's very hard for her to convincingly win dominantly over the other women who are significantly bigger than her. Her wins are very crafty and they fit her character as a heel. And I feel like she has been the perfect heel women's champion. Um, Charlotte was, of course, a great heel women's champion, but... You know, Charlotte was great in the ring, but not necessarily as strong on the mic, whereas Bliss is phenomenal on the mic and, you know, not as dynamic in the ring as Charlotte. But that's fine because Bliss is only 25 and she's only going to get better and better and better. And in the year that she has been on the main roster, I think it's safe to say she's improved leaps and bounds. So... I think it's great that she's the women's champion because it'll only help her grow better. It'll only help her star grow better. And, of course, it'll just bring more spotlight to the women's division because that's what promos do. That's what great segments do. And she's great at segments. So I really think Bliss is 
quite frankly, the future of the women's division. Um, next, we have Alicia Fox. Fox has been one of my personal favorites for a very long time, uh, primarily because, you know, I love seeing another black woman another black woman, a black woman in the company. She is actually the longest tenured woman on the roster. She's been with the company for about, um, I think, 12 years, uh, two years down in developmental, and then she came to the main roster in 2008. So she's been there for 12 years. Um, I personally think it's unfortunate that she's only been the Divas champion one time, and that was a very short reign. Um Obviously, the fact that she's been kept around so long shows that she is of some sort of value because if not, she would have been released a very long time ago. So I think the company definitely loves and appreciates her work ethic. Um, looking at her matches prior, you know, years ago versus looking at them now, um, I think the one thing that hurts Fox is the era in which she came from the era in which she came from was two three four minute matches um you know hit a few moves hit a rest hold come back and then it's time for the finish and we all know vince mcmahon loves rest holds so i think that is unfortunately hurting fox right now because at the time that she was trained and groomed you know they weren't trained as extensively as the women are trained now that's why you know the the matches that are delivered in nxt are oftentimes considered far superior so i think in terms of that and you know fox's promo work she even admitted like you know my promos suck i don't think her promos suck i think promos should be tailored to the superstar to the character so i don't feel like that's been done for fox i feel like they've just been writing promos and you know saying hey deliver this promo but if the promo isn't true to the character it just kind of it just doesn't get translated correctly and fox has this wacky energy that i absolutely love she's a completely different type of character so i just really wish they would carve out a niche for her um i felt like they had something going great back in 2014 when she had you know the meltdowns after her matches and then after a while that slowly faded out and i was like damn i feel like we were getting like a career resurgence for alicia fox but the one thing that i think helps fox tremendously is the fact that she only has been champion one time um she finally got her merch praise god (laughs) she has her crazy like a fox shirt and i think that's great because fox does deserve merch she's been there for so long she's put so many people over she's helped elevate so many different women on the roster people like that need to be rewarded and from what I understand, Fox isn't a complainer. She's not someone who gets on social media and throws shots or anything. She just shows up, does her job, and she does a pretty good job at it. Um, I just hope that they give her one last run with the title because I think at 12 years, um, and also Fox is still young. I think Fox has just turned 30. So she pretty much has her whole life ahead of her, and she says she wants to continue wrestling as long as her body will allow it. And I find it incredible that for someone who's been wrestling for 12 years, she's never had an injury. Um, I think she had like a separated shoulder one time from karma, but that was like maybe one or two weeks on the shelf. So she's had no significant injuries in her entire career. Um, A a record very similar to Natty. So I think what really helps Fox is she, the company has not tapped into her true potential. 
And she's someone that can have many more title runs because she hasn't been oversaturated with them. Uh, we can't say the crowd is tired of her because the crowd really has not gotten a true Alicia Fox character. So that's my take on Fox. Um, next, we have Asuka, the amazing undefeated Asuka. I am excited, but I'm also very nervous. There are about you know, maybe six or seven active women on the Raw roster. And I'm just concerned about how they will book Asuka. You know, someone who's so dominant, someone who's undefeated, I don't think she should be featured weekly on Raw and SmackDown, at least not in an in-ring segment, because it's only but so many times you can beat people. And with us having the brand split, I'm just really concerned that they book her the right way, and they keep the air of mystique surrounding her. I think NXT was so perfect in that regard because the tapings, you know, they aired once a week and they were an hour long. And oftentimes, you know, Asuka wouldn't be featured on the show because with an hour, they can only feature but so many people. But I thought that was so awesome because it helped with the mystique of Asuka when you don't see her as much. Um, I think they should book her more of like in a Brock Lesnar role where she's like a special attraction where she only wrestles maybe at pay-per-views or something like that. I think that's great. Uh, simply Brock doesn't wrestle at Raw. He'll make Raw appearances, but his matches are at pay-per-views. And I think that would be great to book Asuka like that simply because featuring her on weekly programming, I think will kind of water her down. So I really want to see where that goes. Um, I'm excited for her match with Emma because I remember their match at TakeOver London. They had the opening match on the card, and they completely tore the house down. And um, based on some backstage news, that's why they went with Emma versus Asuka, and that was the plan for the whole time. They just needed a way to, you know, I guess, lay the foundation for the match to happen. And that's why she won the um, that elimination match back on Raw. Uh, speaking of that match, I, I loved that match simply because, you know, Fox, they had the segment backstage and I really love when they put reality into promos because it brings out a different side of the character of the performer. They really get to it's it's different when you're speaking lines that someone just gave you on a piece of paper versus you're speaking lines that actually hold some truth to you because it brings out a different type of emotion. And I saw that in Fox on Raw, and I thought it was awesome that they allowed her to eliminate Bailey. And I think it was funny because once Bailey was eliminated, everyone was like, oh, great, Sasha's going to win. And then, boom, Emma gets the win out of nowhere. So I think that was great because Raw really added some unpredictability there. Sasha obviously is like a main event star. So when you have a main event star in a match and you take out the other main event star being Bailey, it became predictable and then it completely swerved us. So that was awesome. Speaking of Bailey, let's move on to Bailey. Ah... Uh... The Bailey character was great in NXT simply because it was a much smaller, intimate audience, and people could really buy into her character. Versus on the main roster, it's completely different. It's a completely different monster, completely different crowd. The NXT universe is very different than the, than the WWE universe. The WWE universe, cra they crave... Um, 
I don't want to say craziness, but they crave something that they can sink their sink their teeth into. They love the shock value and the shock factor. And unfortunately, none of that comes from the Bailey character. And I think the biggest mistake they made was not properly transitioning the character. Um, you know, Bailey did lose a lot. And I found that very weird because you can't really get the crowd behind someone if they keep losing. And it's different. It's, it's weird because if, you, if you're losing cleanly, that's bad. But if you like, if you're facing heels and it's like underhanded methods, like oh, grabbing the tights, foot on the rope, then that's something the crowd can get behind because it's like, damn, like this girl keeps getting cheated out of wins. But when you're just losing to people cleanly, that's a whole nother thing because it's like, okay, you're not an underdog. You just kind of suck. And I think what the, I don't know if they are booking her this way to set up like this big heel turn where she goes full Sami Zayn. It's like, you know what? I'm just so tired of being the good guy. Being the good guy never got me anywhere. Um, so if that's the like the groundwork and the foundation that they're laying, I'm all for it because it gives good backstory, motivation, all that. And honestly, that's something a lot of WWE is missing in terms of their character turns from heel to face. A lot of times the reasoning is just like weird. So I think if they had like a really, really good story for that, that would be awesome. Um, I also think Bailey is a storyline wrestler. And I think that's why she thrived so much in NXT because NXT is so storyline driven. Everything is based on an angle. Um, if you see a match on an NXT TakeOver card, it's very rare that it's kind of thrown on there. There's usually some type of build, some type of storyline behind it versus on the main roster. You may have someone that just interacted with someone on Raw and then six days later, they're booked for a pay-per-view match. And it's kind of hard for you to get behind that. It's kind of hard for you to get behind the character because there's no bill behind it. You know, me personally, I'm a big Sasha Banks fan and I've always, you know, rooted for her to be women's champion. But when she won the title from bliss at SummerSlam, um, a friend of mine who were both big Sasha fans, he was like so excited. And I was kind of like, man. And he's like, why? I said, because it felt kind of flat to me. You know, the build was, uh, bliss versus Bailey. And then they had to switch it to bliss versus Sasha. And even though they had, you know, the unfinished business from great balls of fire, um, it was just so weird to me that now we had to switch gears so quick and it was so hard to get behind it because yeah, I'm a Sasha fan, but it's hard to get invested in the match and the angle period just when the build was not for Sasha versus bliss and a title win for me holds much more momentum, much more feeling, much more emotion when there's something behind it like a uphill battle you had to climb you know the person kept escaping with the title and you finally beat them so for me it was just kind of flat because there was no story there so hopefully they can fix things with bailey um i really think she's she's a great addition to the roster uh, she's incredible incredible performer i just think bailey is someone where um, like Fox, the company really doesn't know what to do with her, how to book her character. And I just really feel like that's what's really, really bringing her down. Um, next, we have Dana Brooke. 
the issue that I that not the issue what Dana Brooks suffers from is being called up too quickly. She got called up from NXT and as someone who has no wrestling experience you need to be in NXT for a while because learning wrestling is a lot more than just the moves. You have to learn the nuances, the character work, etc. And I know when they brought Emma up to the main roster, they brought Dana up shortly after. Well, brought Emma back up again. And I just feel like that at first it was great um, because I felt they were amazing in NXT. I felt Dana was incredible as a manager. But when Emma unfortunately got injured and they put Dana with Charlotte, um, you could just immediately tell the chemistry wasn't the same. The one thing that I loved about Emma and Dana was their entrance and how they had, you know, the joint entrance. And it was so cool how everything kind of went together and, you know, they timed everything where Emma's entrance pose got synced up with Dana's. It was just great. They just gelled together. Um, she was so obnoxious as a manager, you know, always jobbing the ref out. And I loved it. She was incredible. But I think right now they put her in a shark tank with women who are far superior than her because they've been NXT women champions. They've worked the indies. They've had a lot more experience. And I think that's hard because Dana didn't necessarily have the same opportunities as everyone else did to learn so that sucks because it forces her to learn on the job which can be good for some people but we also know that dana recently lost her i don't know if it's her boyfriend or her fiance dallas but you know that has to make it even more difficult because now you're wrestling and you have all these emotions going through you but personally i think dana will be like Bliss, possibly the future of the women's division. You know, she has to look that Mr. McMahon likes. She's blonde. She's athletic. She's busty. Um, she's also a very beautiful woman. Um, I think her promos are good, but um, there's room for improvement, just like anyone else. And I think she will get better. I just think she needs, you know, like everyone else, she needs the time, the training. And I definitely see the effort she puts in because her performances get better and better. You can tell she gets more comfortable in the ring with each performance. But, you know, just keep it going. More training, more practice. And I say give it about a year or two. We'll definitely see like a whole new Dana Brooke. Definitely see like a whole new Dana Brooke. So next we have Emma, who coincidentally we were just talking about. Oh, I don't know what to think of Emma. I'm obviously, I'm a, I'm a big fan of her. Um, high quality ring work when she's, you know, with a quality opponent. Um, I honestly never had an issue with Emma's promos at all. I always thought Emma delivered good promos. Um, I just always feel, I don't know why she was never given the chance, though. That's the only thing that bothers me. I was like, I don't understand why Emma hasn't been given like the chance, the opportunity that so many other women have been given. And to be fair, you know, Emma and Paige were really the catalyst for the whole women's revolution. So I'm just very, very intrigued as to why she's been given the runaround for so long. Um, I honestly thought when they booked the Fatal Five Way at No Mercy, I thought that was the perfect opportunity to put the title on Emma in a way 
that was like surprising, similar to how Fox got the title. She won the title in the Fatal Four Way. No one expected Fox to win, and honestly, no one expected Emma to win. And I felt like with where she was going with the whole hashtag thing and her and Nia winning that match to get into the Fatal Five Way, I just felt like that was the perfect opportunity to finally pull the trigger on Emma. Uh, I don't know what angle where they're going with her. Um, my only thing is I, I'm really concerned about momentum and striking when the fire's hot and I don't know how many times Emma's going to be this hot and that's no reflection on her whatsoever. It's just the reflection on the company, which direction they want to go on, who they're putting their energy behind, etc. So I'm just a little concerned about that. And, you know, of course I'm concerned about Emma's longevity because she definitely deserves to be the women's champion um, more so than anyone else on the Royal Women's roster. She deserves that opportunity and she hasn't been given that. So, and they recently changed her music, which I really don't like. Um, she had the real deal um, and she had like the whole Sin City gimmick going on and I loved that. I felt like that fit her so perfectly. And then they go ahead and change and give her this really girly bubblegum music and it's like can you guys just let emma be great she was great with that character that she developed the heel emma and now they're changing it again i'm wondering if they're changing it because they're going to repackage her and present her in a different way we'll see but hashtag give emma a chance (laughs) Mickey James. I am so happy that Mickey James is back. Um, she can definitely lend a lot to the women's roster in terms of high quality work. Um, I personally never thought Mickey was very strong in her promos in WWE the first go around, but I am pleasantly surprised to see how good she is on the mic, especially going at it with Bliss. Um, she feels a lot more natural. I feel like this is really who Mickey James is. She gets to make a lot of, you know, country references and you just feel like she's really speaking who she is. And I love that. Um, I wasn't a big fan about how I wasn't, um, excuse me, not a big fan. I chose the wrong wording. Uh, a lot of people were unhappy about how she was used when she first came back. And for me, I wasn't upset about that because I said, okay, Mickey's not going anywhere. That's number one. Number two, um, she's a mother. So who knows? The company probably gave her a lot more flexibility where in terms of like, hey, you know, if we're not going to use you for TV, you know, you can stay home. And, you know, maybe that's the arrangement that she wanted. A lot of people like to assume that this is what's going on, this is what's going on behind the scenes, and a lot of times, you know, they can be flexible with certain people depending on the situations, and the everyday public wouldn't know, and then also the talent probably won't broadcast that because then other people may not have the same luxuries, and they're like, hold on, Mickey's getting this, and I'm not getting that, that's not fair. So I thought it was fine that she was relatively on the sideline when she first came back, because that creates more desire for her the fans want to see her more like where's mickey where's mickey and then when we finally get mickey which we did a few weeks ago on raw i thought it was incredible the woman had like three backstage segments in 
uh, well, not necessarily back, but she had like three segments. She had the first one where the match was set up. Then there was the actual match, and then there was the backstage segment where Kurt Angle informed her she was getting the match at TLC. And I felt like that was great because typically only the male superstars get that much exposure in one episode. So for Mickey to get that exposure, I felt like, wow, they're actually treating this woman like a legend. So do I think she's going to win the women's title at TLC? Personally, I really think it would be good for her to win the title at TLC um, because the war, the Raw Women's Championship, um, thanks to Charlotte and Sasha Banks, it has a lot of prestige on it. Um, unfortunately, it's a little bit more prestigious than the SmackDown Women's Championship just because it's been around a few months longer. It's been contested in a few more high-profile matches, and I think having a legend like Mickie James hold the Raw Women's title will only make it more prestigious. Um, my only concern is I know they want to do this Bliss versus Nia Jax feud, and I understand that they're holding off on that. So my only concern regarding that is going to simply be when are they going to pull the trigger on that feud? Because I know Survivor Series, um, the plan right now was like the four horsewomen in MMA versus the four horsewomen in WWE, which is fine because none of the four horsewomen are champion right now. And uh, SmackDown doesn't have another pay-per-view in October. The next pay-per-view is Survivor Series in November. So, you know, on the, on the WWE side, they have Sasha, Bailey, Becky, and Charlotte. So my guess is... Um, Natalia is going to be champion for a little bit while longer because if Charlotte were champion going into Survivor Series, that would mean the women's championship can't be defended. Um, and I don't think that would be good. I think what helps really build the prestige of a championship is having it defended at every available pay-per-view. So um, I think it would be awesome because if that is the case, Survivor Series can be the first, the second pay-per-view in history where we get three women's matches. You know, we can get the um, elimination match of the four, of the horsewomen. We can get a Raw women's title match. And then we can also get a SmackDown women's title match. Um, usually in Survivor Series, um, the tag champions usually don't defend their titles because they're usually in one of the elimination matches. And that's perfect because what happened... Um, I see right now they, they want gender versus Brock in the main event. So that's good. So none of the world titles will be on the line. So hopefully, you know, they just find a way to make this happen. And I don't see why we need to have 30, 40 minute, you know, elimination tag team matches. That's something I don't think is necessary, um, especially when you can take, you know, shave 10 minutes off of, each of those elimination matches and boom give those 10 minutes to two more women's matches and now you have a stack card and you have more people on the card so here there's that that's just a thought Nia Jax um I love Nia um I love everything about her I love her look I love her confidence I absolutely love how she's improved in the ring leaps and bounds since her debut my only concern with Nia is she hurt when she speaks it's completely the opposite of how she looks so i've heard that they have plans to turn her baby face and i think that would be good in a sense 
I actually think it would be great because the one thing the crowd loves about Braun Strowman is how destructive he is, and he just completely destroys people, but he's a heel. And ideally, the company doesn't want heels to get cheered. So Nia Jax, she has a very, very sweet voice. And I think that voice will go much better with a babyface character because she can be, in a sense, like Steve Austin, like, I'm a babyface, but I'll break you in half or I'll kick your ass, something like that. So I think that just requires a little work in terms of creative, like how to book her, how to, you know, carve out this character for her. And I think that works so much better for a lot of people because that you can be unique. You don't have to be stereotypical, heel, babyface, whatever. You can just be your own person. And I think that would work the best for her because even at No Mercy, she got the biggest pop of the match. And when she came back into the match after she got powerbombed, the whole crowd was like, oh, shit, Nia's back. So she definitely has a crowd support. It's just all about, again, how they book her. Um, I'm just concerned about her as well because she's a powerhouse and she's a, a very, she's a large woman. So I'm concerned about the lack of depth on the roster and people beating her. Um, from what I remember, um, Sasha's beaten her, but Sasha never beat her easy. It was always a war. And that's what I love because it was Sasha's skill that she had to use to beat Nia. And I think that's incredible because it shows that, yeah, Nia is bigger, stronger, all that. But Sasha has all the years of experience that Nia doesn't have. So she's a bit more craftier when it comes to finding ways to win. Uh, she's also lost to Bailey, but, you know, that was like a super Bailey to belly. So that's that's fair. <laughs> But I'm just I just hope that they don't make her lose so much that they that they kill a monster and they kill her momentum and they kill her mystique, which they're slowly doing with Braun Strowman. But I hope they fix it, you know, before people just become apathetic. Uh, Sasha Banks. Big fan of the boss. Uh, Been a huge fan since NXT. Um, have a lot of her merch. I just love her. Um, I loved when she first debuted on the main roster. I thought it was incredible that even like a year later, after her debut, the crowd's still chanting, we want Sasha, we want Sasha. And I just think it's incredible because no woman has gotten those chants in matches that aren't even theirs. Um, you know, someone who did get huge chants you know, who was really popular was Lita. You know, Lita, the crowd was always chanting, like, Lita's name. Um, but I don't think there's any other woman who, during another Superstars match, is there chanting, we want a woman. You know, we want Sasha. So I felt like that was incredible. Um, she's a great performer. Um, I think she's the best on the mic when she's a heel. She's good as a babyface, too, but heel Sasha is just a completely different animal. I'm waiting for them to unleash that animal again. Um, I really don't like how they've... She's never held the title more than a month. She's never successfully defended the title. And I really hate that because it shows, like, it doesn't matter how great this woman is. She puts on all these five-star classic matches, but the woman can't defend a title. So that's something I always wondered about. To me, I feel like it may be a rib. Maybe there's, I don't know if there's heat or if she rubs someone wrong, 
the wrong way backstage and they're like, you know, what, we're going to stick it to you. I don't know, but for me, I just feel like there's something more behind that. I don't think it's normal for someone to just lose like that or be booked that way, especially um, looking at Hell in a Cell. Like, that was a huge moment for Sasha. Everybody wanted Sasha to go over, and boom, they put Charlotte over again. Um, She's also expressed a lot of frustration with, you know, the company. Like, she said on several occasions, like, I preferred NXT because at NXT I would you know know basically the full storyline layout and where it was going what the payoff was and pretty much like I showed up to work and I knew what was going on versus you know being on the main roster it's like I show up and that's when they tell me what I'm going to do and things change on the fly and only thing I'm concerned about is her being so outspoken um you know you never know who's listening and some people take you being open and you vocalizing certain things as complaining and that's something that i i'm concerned about because i don't want her to face any backlash because i feel like you should always be able to openly express yourself um your likes your dislikes your frustrations etc but i also understand how you're not supposed to speak negatively of the company that basically provides your lifestyle that is responsible for you even being who you are so it's like a double-edged sword because you put so much of yourself into the company, into the business, into who you are, and then to basically have the rug pulled out from under you every time you make it to the top. That has to be defeating. And I just dropped a whole lot of stuff. <laughs> that has to be defeating. And I, I don't know what that feeling is, but I can only imagine um we also know that there is some heat between her and bliss so i would be even more frustrated you know you have this girl who isn't anywhere near as good as i am in the ring isn't anywhere near as popular as i am yet she's had all these title reigns and they've been relatively lengthy title reigns so you know that has to be frustrating um charlotte recently did a podcast and she said um you know, when we all debuted and they put the Divas title on me, you know, every match they're still chanting, we want Sasha. And she was like, I, I know Sasha was frustrated because I got the championship. and I know she wanted the title, but I just hope she understands that I needed that title more than she did. Like she had these great matches with Bailey, like she was on the map. And when she walked through the curtain, everyone knew who she was. And I didn't have that. The, I didn't have that connection with the crowd. Like I needed that title to make me. So that kind of gave me another perspective as well as to why we may have people who are so popular and we're like, oh my God, why are they not champion? Why are they not champion? And the reality is they don't need the championship. They're already incredibly over. The crowd loves them. They're already an established name. Why do they need the championship? A championship usually builds someone up. It usually makes someone a star. But if you're already a star in some eyes, you know, there's no need to put a championship on you. But on the flip side, as a performer, you look at a championship, a title as kind of like a reward, like, oh, you know, you've done so well. Thanks so much for all your hard work. Here you go. We're going to put the title on you for, you know, to reward you for everything. So to kind of keep getting passed over, it it has to be defeating. I personally want Sasha to go on as one of the greatest. I just hope that there's a way that things can get turned around because Eve, Sasha was so hot 
and I just feel like her fire, her flame is slowly starting to burn out. And again, that has nothing to do with her. It just has to do with the company. I feel like the company sacrificed her to put Charlotte over, make Charlotte a star. And I don't feel like that was fair because as a result, now one of the most popular women in the entire company, she's kind of floating right now. And it and it sucks. And it really, really sucks. I just hope they figure out what they're going to do with Sasha. I really hope she gets that main event title run that she deserves, that storyline she deserves. Um, I know they're building and building and building toward the implosion of Sasha versus Bailey. Um, I, I like the fact that they're stretching it out, that they're not jumping straight into the storyline. Uh, my hope is that they're, hopefully they should be having this Women's Royal Rumble. Um, I would love the tension to keep building like little things here and there. And then I would love at the Women's Royal Rumble for one of them to eliminate the other. And then that is like the straw that breaks the camel's back. And that starts the feud into WrestleMania season, which, and you know, I don't want, obviously I don't want the feud to end at WrestleMania, but it culminates in their WrestleMania match. Ideally, it would be best if one of them were champion. Um, for me personally, I think it would be better if Bailey were the champion because um, on the first go around, Sasha lost a lot. You know, she lost at Brooklyn, she lost uh, the Iron Man match. And I honestly feel like Sasha deserves that win because she's never really had a moment. Um, and I feel like that's really important. Charlotte has had her moment, um, you know, winning the Raw Women's title at WrestleMania, coming in a Diva Champion, leaving the Raw Women's Champion. Um, you know, she's had her pay-per-view streak. Bailey has had her moment. Um, you know, she won the first women's Iron Man match. Um, you know, she won the first women's main event on a pay-per-view special. She also walked in and walked out of WrestleMania as a champion. Uh, Becky Lynch was the first SmackDown women's champion. And then when you look at Sasha, it's like, mm, Yeah. And it sucks to me because I feel like Sasha's the best out of all of them. But her resume really doesn't have the career highlights that the other ones do. Yeah, she was the NXT Women's Champion. Yeah, she's a four-time Raw Women's Champion. Uh, yeah, she you know won the women's title in the main event. Um, that's great, but her resume lacks the flair that the other, <laughs> no pun intended, lacks the flair that the other two other three have so hopefully they just find a way to fix that uh again she like bliss i think she's 25 so that's great because she has a long career ahead of her many more years to be greater um 2018 will be their third year on the main roster so it's hard to believe like wow almost three years have gone by already so time's flying and that's good because she's already basically three years in and so many more things to go. Um, she definitely deserves another lengthy actual reign with the Royal Women's title, which would be great because she's never had that. And then down the line, she can get drafted to SmackDown and then be the SmackDown Women's Champion, which is great, add to her resume. And then they're creating the women's, hopefully they create these women's tag team titles. And that's something else to add to her resume. So we'll see where that goes. And then... Um, Last but not least for part one, um, Summer Rae, 
Summer Ray recently posted on Instagram, on uh, Twitter, I think, uh, like a clip of her and Sasha saying she wish she wishes that they had a program together. Some were like speculating that that's possibly leading to Summer's retirement. I hope not, because I feel like Summer Ray is incredible on the mic. I think her and Bliss, if they were in a ring with two mics on their hands, they would produce a better in-ring segment than any of the men on that roster. They both are incredible characters. Both are phenomenal on the mic. Um, Summer Rae, I feel a lot like Bliss. Um, she's good in the ring, definitely has room for improvement. Um, I just think what Summer has been missing is that one opponent. She's never really had a program. And I think that's what really hurt her because she's never really had a, a long program, a feud with anyone. It's always been, oh, here's a match, here's a tag match, here's a battle royal or whatever. But Summer Rae has really never had a program. And I think when you have a program, that really helps you build and improve because there's a starting point in that program and then the program will advance and grow and grow and grow and grow. And then you can look back on old matches and say, hey, this is what we did in that match. But in our next match, let's do this. But when you don't have that, it's kind of like you're just jumping around from opponent to opponent to opponent to opponent. And I sit back and I think about some of the greatest women's wrestlers, um, Trish and Lita. Every time they you know, got in the room with each other, the matches got better and better and better, more intense, more intense. The same thing with Sasha and Charlotte. The more they battled, it got more intense. You know, It got deeper. It got, it got crazier because they had that program, and they just got more comfortable with each other. They fed off of each other. Um, they took more risks. So I would love for, hopefully when Summer returns, I would love for her to really just have a program with someone because I also feel like she's one of those people that when they made the jump from NXT to the main roster that it was kind of kind of she was really kind of serving injustice because it's like okay we made this jump made you Fandango's manager but after that you kind of just been there so I really want them to find something for Summer Rae to do because she's a beautiful woman highly athletic she's great on the mic um she came up I want to say 2013 she came up from the main roster so she's been on the main roster for four years uh she hasn't held a title which again in terms of longevity is great because now if you've never held a championship and you win it like maybe your fourth or fifth year there that's great because now naturally there's more title runs to come so hopefully they find a way to book summer ray to where she can be um great addition to the roster. She can be a threat. I really do feel like she can. I think her matches with Sasha, uh, she had a match with Sasha on main event. And I think this was after WrestleMania. And it was a very good match. I think it was probably the best Summer Rae match I've ever seen on the main roster. And you can tell her and Sasha have like that comfort level with each other. And it was reflected in their ring work. So I want to see more of that from Summer. I really... I want her to have a chance. So hopefully we see Summer Rae back sooner rather than later. She's been out for about a year, um, a little over a year. And I think it would also add more depth to the roster, to the roster, more faces. So hopefully we will see more Summer Rae. We'll see more depth. So that was part one of episode one of WOW, Women of Wrestling. And on part two, we will look at the SmackDown women's roster, and then we'll also take a look at some of the women on NXT. So stay tuned for part two.